I mean, this is where we're at. Uh, today's day one, week one podcast, and there's an incredible opportunity for someone that's going to speak into your life today. Um, absolutely honored that he's given us an opportunity to, to spend hopefully about an hour with him and, and kind of just pick his brain and understand his heart and where he, where he comes from. I do want to read something real quick, if I can do that. Hey, uh, this is your podcast, man. That's right. Go for so, it. So I was asked why, uh, in the interview, why I wanted to be a police officer. Then this is what happened. This is what I said. I said, there was a backup on 501 after Hurricane Matthew. There was a young lady that had a young child in the back of her car, and he was unconsolable. There was nothing. With the backups and everything else, it was crazy. He was unconsolable. All of a sudden, there was a police officer standing at her door. And he said, is there any way I could try to help you console your child? And because of the, the presence of being a police officer, the trust that's involved in that, she said, of course. So she let him hold her child. After a little while, that child, he got distracted enough and he was in, it was like nothing ever happened. It was good to go. So I said, why I want to be a police officer is because if there's any good guys left that I want to be like in this world, it's like that guy. And man, I'm so honored to have him here to talk to you. Wow. <clears throat> He's the reason I get excited to get up every single day and put that uniform on to have an opportunity to change somebody's life like that. Are you, are you kidding me right now? No, I mean, not. my goodness. We can start out like that. Wow. That's what I mean. Was, it, this guy's a heavy hitter. Yeah. But I, I know that story well because you're talking about me. That's it. Wow, man. That is incredible. Although, I mean, what, what does a guy say that has one of his best buds sitting right here talking like that about him? I mean, it's, it's truly, it's humbling. And you and I have talked about that. I mean, you've mm -hmm. been in my home before too. Yes, sir. And, and we have, oh, he said, yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's got to, he's got to say Jeff on the old podcast. Right. <laughs> uh, but, but we've talked about that. Um, but look, man, when you approach me about this podcast, I'll, I will tell you, and, and I will tell the folks that know me that are listening right now, or that think they know me as we talked before we went on the air. Um, you know, sometimes I hide behind something that maybe uh, I'm putting out there that I want them to see, you know, they see me on Facebook. They sometimes I hide behind time, right? I'm busy or I'm too busy. People always say to me, you say this to me a lot. I, I know you're a busy guy. I know you got a lot of things going on. Sometimes I hide behind that, but today I knew I wasn't going to hide behind that because um, I too, like many people are afraid to put it all out there. It is not easy to do. I mean, I, I struggle with it every day. Mm -hmm. Really, I do. And um, although I, I'm a Christian and I, I believe I believe in God and I, I believe that his His will will be done and I'll, I will, you know, move forward with that. Still, uh, you know, I'm scared in this world. Mm -hmm. I think we all are. Yeah. Well, we put something together for you um, that we want you to listen to um, oh. to kind of kick things off here so that we can kind of set the mood other than that. But Wow. Okay. Nick has done some incredible work on this. So I put something together that came from 
um, some prior recordings. Um, and what's amazing about that is how you just prefaced exactly what you said, uh, with what's already been prepared. And, uh, there's a lot of talking to be done. Uh, this is just going to be a few short minutes. Um, and this one is kind of special to you actually, um, because it's from our first recording ever. And before we get into all that, I just want you to listen to this and, uh, just give you a couple minutes to, to hear some things. Whatever bubbles up, whatever comes out, whatever your heart is telling your head to do, whatever your mind is telling you to go, whatever you thinking into yourself that you're not good enough or you're not going to be at the finish line. Take away the finish line. There's no damn finish lines. You just keep going. There's so much emotion. Every single day when you get up, self-talk is so important. You got to tell yourself each step is the most important step you could take. You know what today is? Today's the first day. It's day one, week one. Let me tell you something right now. Today is the greatest day in the history of the world to give your heart to Christ. He's the one standing in the gap. He didn't hang there for no reason. He did it for you. There's a voice in the background. It's like Les Brown. You, you ever heard of Les Brown? Oh, yeah. Okay, Les Brown's in there. I'm going to do this because I said I'm going to do it. Today's the first day of the rest of your life. It's day one, week one. What are you waiting for? You better get up off that couch. Nobody's going to pay the rent but you. It's time to pay the rent. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> get into your soul, man. You can't listen to sounds like this that are blended together and say to yourself, there's no God because there's a conscience. Oh, there's a conscience, man. Emotion. Where's that coming from, right? Where's it come from? Emotion. I mean, I'm sitting here, I got tears coming in my eyes just from the sound. But you know what it's doing to me? It's motivating me. I don't know what my future looks like. And right this moment, I don't even care. I don't care what it looks like. I know what this moment feels like right now. I don't want to lose it. It's awesome. If this is what a dream is made of or what it sounds like or feels like, that's where I'm at right now. When I thought of day one, week one, and what the inspiration was or what it was supposed to be, I'm a dreamer, so I go big. I'm going all the way. I'm going to do this 
until I'm not here, until God calls me home. I'm going to do this because you know what? There's somebody out there right now. Maybe they can hear this. Maybe they can't. I hope they can. They're thinking that there's no hope. They don't see a positive tomorrow for them. Brother, sister, let me tell you something. It's not true. It's a lie. And to follow up on his uh, story, he already gave gave you, uh, there was this too. Welcome to the Day One, Week One podcast. Jeff Ben, he's a lieutenant. Uh, he's a, yeah, the sheriff's right. office. Yep. Yeah, he's a lieutenant with the sheriff's office. Um, he's an absolute. He's history. I mean, he's legit, legit. He's history. I mean, everything he does for the community, everything he's done since he's been. I don't know anybody that doesn't yeah, like him. There's not a one. Well, some people complain that because he also works for the radio station. Uh, you know, they they complain when he can't get him, you know, concert tickets or something. But that's people <laughs> being people. Yeah, that doesn't count. No. Yeah. But as I'm far sure as a couple of people he's taken to jail don't like him right. either, but that's uh, it comes with the job. As I far as um, his character, um, listen, if I was a quarter of the man that he is, 100%, um, and I would love to have, I know he will do, everybody Everybody will fall in love with this man because he's so amazing. So, yeah, absolutely, Jeff Benton is one. He's got a ton of energy. He does have a lot of energy. energy. Yeah. So that's my tribute. That's my tribute to someone who is a mentor. Absolute incredible inspiration in my life. You've changed lives for years. And again, I'll second it. If I could be a quarter of the person that you are, my man. You guys, I mean, I'm like taken back right now. I mean, what does a guy say? And and here's, you know, I want to jump right into this because... Mm -hmm. Well, you and I have shed tears over this, and mm-hmm. you actually told me this story standing on my front doorstep one night. In uniform, you were, and you were working, and I was just like, unbelievable. And what I struggle with is to believe, how can that be true? You know, I wish I saw that in myself, of which I, sh- I shade on to you, because um, I just, I'm living in a world where I just want to help people, and I want to do the right thing. I want to be the right guy, and I am that guy that has also fallen you know, and, and not done the right thing or have people mad at me because there are, we don't live in a world where, where people like us all the time. Right. We are mm-hmm. in that profession too. Yeah. I'm in the ticket business. It's either a speeding ticket or a concert ticket. One of, <laughs> you know, one That's of the great. two, right. Can you help me with this or That's help me great. with this? But ultimately, right. you know, I was born to, to parents that were just so kind hearted, you know, on one side, my mother's family was very poor you know, paycheck to paycheck or less than that. My mother went to prison growing up. My dad, on the other hand, was a hard worker, um, you know, and, and had had money, you know, never wanted for anything as a kid. 
but did, did nothing. There was still love on both the same amount of love, different bank accounts. Right. And so they, they raised us to be good people and to help people and to, but to be looked upon, like you say, is, is that's hard for me to hear, man. I mean, I'm so, I, I love you, you so much and I, and I believe it, but I wish I could see more of it. And I'm, and I'm, this may be the perfect show for me because you and I've talked about this before because you hide behind struggles. You don't want to reach out for help. I'm a, I'm a cop. I, I'm supposed mm-hmm. to be helping people, right? Exactly. We talked about this, this stigma that's attached to our own perception of ourselves yeah. and what everyone around us is going to think. Yeah. We're supposed to be problem solvers. Mm-hmm. Every pro every problem, you know, ultimately people that get mad at us in our profession is the ones that we're arresting, the ones that are getting the ticket or but they don't see what we see through our eyes. I mean, because when we're long gone, there's nobody going to say, well, Jeff Benton's gone. He arrested 467 people in his life. It's, it's just not true. Mm-hmm. But we're certainly going to remember, and people are going to remember those that you helped, those that you gave five extra dollars to, that young girl, the Klein family, who I met on the side of Highway 501, not on the side, in the middle of the road on Highway 501, who treat me as if I'm their family now. Mm-hmm. That's what we're remembered for, right? Well, you treated them like they were your family exactly. as well. You know, man, so, I would hope that if my wife were out on the side of the road in a bad situation, I knew she, I knew she was a young mother. I mean, I'm not blind. I was sitting there. I saw it. That child was unconsolable. And uh, I hadn't moved anywhere in about two hours. So what, what good am I if I sit there and allow? To, I could tell she was having a bad day. And it was the least I could do. And, man, what a blessing I got out of that. Right. Really and truly. And she went so far as to write an article to the paper. Oh, it was everywhere. And that's, I think, that's where I read the article, and I was like, man, that's what I'm talking about. But you never know what impact it has on somebody, even like you, mm-hmm. right? Because in radio and podcasts, they're the same way. Just because they don't hit the like, bu- like button, just because they don't share it, don't mean they didn't hear it. That's right. And it's hard to wrap your head around that, especially like, I mean, I work for iHeartRadio. I mean, I'm on around the world. I don't know how many people are listening. Mm-hmm. Um, I've prayed on the radio before. You know, we talk about a lot of things and you never know what people are going to take from it. Just like this podcast, you never know. When you think there's only one person going to be going to be out there, that might be that one person we needed to help, right? Um, I can remember being a school resource officer way back in the oh, 2000, a long time ago. And just a couple of years ago, a young lady reached out to me and she said, hey, you were my school resource officer at Waccamaw High School. She goes, I just want to let you know how great I'm doing now. She goes, you prevented me from committing suicide when I was in high school. And she told me the story, and I remember it very well. And I was, I just broke down because I was like, wow, I did this? This is what every human being should be doing. You know, and I just knew, I just knew that, sorry, I'm knocking the mic over. I'm not used to having a mic sitting here, <laughs> like in the studio, like it hangs, you know. It's a, but although, let me just say about the podcast studio here. Right. You mean, look at the lush, <laughs> look at the couches, look at the, look at the equipment. There's food. There's, I mean, come on now. It's nice. But anyway. Best for um, the best. Yeah, man. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. He, dude even called me earlier. It's like, hey, I'll bring you food over. We're going to order from here. I'm like, nah, dude, I'm cool. I'm cool. You got any Twinkies or something like that? That's about what. You know, I had to tell him I was going to be hungry. I was, <laughs> oh, did you? Okay. I eat. Yeah. 
Well, you can look at you guys in shape. Look at me. I'm like, you know, Fat Albert over here. You're still in shape. <laughs> You're still in shape. But I got 26 years on the job. Y'all got, right. y'all got some catching up to do. We do. But yeah, I mean, so I don't know who this is going to reach today. I don't know. I don't know where the conversation is going to take us, but I, I'm thankful for, for the opportunity. I'm thankful that God put me out front of things and not hid me behind busy and time and excuses because we live in a world that lives on an excuse, on excuses. Excuses are a pathway to failure mm-hmm. every single time. Think about it. Absolutely. You, we're, you all have made excuses this week. Probably D- I have. I certainly have. Your, your statement that you made on the last podcast about regret or discipline. Yeah. It's, that's my, that's my motto in life. There's, there's two, two pains that you'll have every day. By the end of the day, when you go to bed, there's going to be two pains that you have, but it's only going to be one. All right. You're either going to have the pain of discipline or you're going to have the pain of regret. Uh, the pain of discipline, you can change a lot of that down the road. Uh, you can undo some things that you've done through discipline pain of regret. You only experience that regret because you chose not to do it and you can't go back in time and make it happen. So, um, yeah, that's, that's my motto. That's what I live by. That's what wakes me up at four o'clock every morning and gets me to the gym. Is that right there? I, uh, I listened to the podcast the other night mm-hmm. and you know, I, I listened to what you were saying and it was pretty much the same thing. I don't care if this only touches one person, mm-hmm. you know, I don't care if it only touches a person in Indiana. Right. You said that. Right. I did. And I texted you that. You did. Because that I made hope it, they're listening. Yeah. You <laughs> hope they're listening. Right? right. Because, well, you don't know. But if you touch one or save one, I mean, guys, we're living, we're living in a world where t- two people that we we're familiar with that wore badges took their lives in the past seven days. We're not talking about, we're talking about in our local area. Right here. Right here. Yep. What could we have done to help them? What more could we have done to to, to help these folks. And I don't know because you know, the one I heard about today, I wasn't that familiar with. Now the one that, you know, I told you about last mm-hmm. week, I was very familiar with him. I'm talking about on a regular basis, once every two weeks, once every week and a half or so we were, I mean, we were on the same haircut schedule. You know, we got our three hairs cut at the same place <laughs> you know? and, and laughed the last time, laughed, laughed, laughed retired, semi-retired. And I was, I was just taken a back bite because we don't know what's going on in somebody's life. And I think that we are too busy sometimes that it may come off as if we don't care, but in my life, that's not, that's not true. Um, because I'll go in a convenience store and the clerk will say, Hey, how you doing? And then typically you would say, I'm doing great. How are you? I don't say that anymore because if I'm asking them, how are you? I need to have the time to stand there to listen. You're in there to buy a cup of coffee. Who's got time? Right. And I don't want to leave there and say, well, you know, Jeff Benton just asked me how I was doing and he walked out the door because we need to, we need to give people an ear. And I think that is in law enforcement, we're good at that because sometimes you cure a problem by listening, right? A lot of times, a lot of times that's what it comes down to. And you realize that when you go through, you know, life, there's so many good and bad that touches people in so many different ways, right? So you're familiar with the guy uh, that that recently took his own life. Um, And that same guy, like, you're not too familiar with him. Like you said, that same guy was my first sergeant when I became a police officer. My first sergeant I've ever had. Um, So, I mean, you just never know. And there are, there are resources out there, maybe not the best, maybe not as many as we need. Um, 
But the beauty of this is like we said, and like you said about being on iHeart, there's people across worldwide, right? You never know who's going to hear it. And that's what brought us to this is you can, I mean, it doesn't matter the conversation we're having. That person can be a part of it without even asking for help. And you know, casting blame is, is really easy for people to sit on Facebook and do. Mm -hmm. I saw the responses to post this morning that, you know, the mental health services are terrible around here or around the state or whatever. Well, what's wrong with you? You, you who are there complaining could give a, can give an ear to someone, right, Billy? I mean, give them some time. Right. Maybe that's all they needed was some time and somebody didn't give it to them. Have I been guilty of that? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I know that I have, man, I've stumbled in this life. I've fallen in that, you know, y'all know that deep hole you're in some days. And obviously, you know, uh, I know Billy very well. And we've been in some deep holes, brother. Mm-hmm. We've been in some deep holes looking up, right? That's right. But you remember <laughs> that person that uh, he's, he's at the top of that hole and he's leaned down. He's got his toes in the sand and he's reaching down. He'll grab you up and he loves you and cares about you no matter what you're in the hole for. We've been there. It was a, we it both was a, have. It was a long three months uh, in 2021. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> that, uh, where you really, I mean, you reached out. It seemed, it seemed every day you reached out to me and you were like, Hey, you doing good, man. Hey, do you need to talk? Stuff like that. Um, and I'll never, I'll never forget those things. People throw people to the curb if they're having troubles in their life. Um, I don't, I think friend, a friend means your friend Mm -hmm. through thick and thin. Right. right. And, uh, but, but the same, here's the difference between me and you though, Billy, is that you share things with me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you, this is a, this is a problem, open, right? Kind of an open book. Well, you, because you trust me, yeah, right? You, you trust me. And, mm-hmm. um, I can remember being sick on my couch, you know, cold or whatever. I had to gout one time. This dude shows up with a cake and chocolate <laughs> milk to my house now. Okay. <laughs> I did. Right. He, he did. And, um, of course, you know, but the thing is, is that I am the guy who this podcast um, is geared toward because I'm the guy hiding everything you're sharing with me. Or I ain't sharing very much with you. Right. Even though you've asked me, mm-hmm. um, we all have bad days. We've all done things we're not proud of. Look in uh, August, my wife will, will be good Lord willing. <laughs> will be married to me for 29 years. She should have thrown me to the curb probably a long time ago. I mean, my daughter's 28. My son is 24. I've always chased a dollar. I've made mistakes, but through the power of our almighty God, man, I've been forgiven of those mistakes. Mm -hmm. And I have to remember that because sometimes I forget that. And let's have a pity party for Jeff today. Oh, poor Jeff. And uh, I need to quit that. I need to stop doing that. Um, I don't know if I've ever met anybody as good as this guy entrusted in the Lord every single day. I'll get texts out of the blue from Billy that'll say, and you may have too, Nick. I don't know, but it says, uh, what can I, you know, good morning. What can I pray for you about today? Well, again, how can I pray for you? And I'm like, wow, on days that I needed it, how does he know? Well, I, I didn't have any clue. I yeah. just would, I would feel prompted to just reach out. You know, your, your face or your name would come into my head and I'd be like, let me make sure this guy's doing okay. But Even you're not, he, he's not just doing it for me. Check. It's buddy it's check. Buddy right. check. That's yeah. right. He's doing that to other people. I guarantee it because that's the kind of guy he is. But you know, listen, we're cops, right? Mm-hmm. Because we don't want to say, we got a problem and we don't want to say we need help because we know what happens sometimes. If you do, the sheriff shows up with a probate order for you. Uh, somebody's going to think I'm quote unquote crazy. I hate that term. Right. 
because I think that normal people have bad thoughts. I, I really, I mean, do you guys agree with that? I think everyone has oh, bad yeah. thoughts. Everyone has bad thoughts. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that I'm mentally disturbed or I have a mental illness. I think mental illness is a tremendous um, burden upon our healthcare system that needs to be fixed because I hear it all the time, burden for mental health that it shouldn't be in the same sentence because you can't help it. People cannot help it. And the things first responders, veterans, law enforcement sees is stuff that you cannot erase from your mind. You can't do it. But um, I think that normal people think bad things. I mean, you have a bad day, you know, and, and your mind just goes, goes everywhere. That's the day you need that buddy. That's the day you need that ear, somebody to listen, not to just talk back, right? Right. You don't necessarily need solutions. You just, hey, man, I really want to get this off my chest. If somebody was in actively going to take their life, five minutes of talking to them, they might have changed their mind. Now, you know, people on the other hand are going to say, well, that person's got a phone. They could have called so-and-so. Well, you know, I'm, the, I'm, I'm bad about not picking up the phone and using that excuse sometimes myself. Mm-hmm. I need to get better at it. Um, but you know. I think something else that speaks into that, though, is you have to have someone... Like, for example, you, you made mention earlier that I trust you. You have to know that you can trust somebody with what you're telling them. You got to have that, that person that you're reaching out to, you got to know, hey, listen, he's not going to go talking about your business with seven other people. And then now there's a, it, it, there's a whole conversation about you behind your back and everybody's looking at you different or judging you a certain way. You got to know you can trust the people that you're talking to. Um, I mean, just think about you two guys. Think about the trust that you guys, you two guys must have with each other. You, you were in a traumatic experience here not too very long ago. That's true. Where you, you, both of your lives were in each other's hands. I mean, does it get any more trust than that? Right. I mean, and I feel like that, I mean, that's what law enforcement is. Let's face it. You got three guys stacked behind you that have weapons. And you got one guy on the other side of the door. You don't know what he's got. You guys are in that situation, weren't you? That's right. You know, and look what it, but, but look what that negative situation, Nick, it's brought into this, right? Mm -hmm. Everything happens for a reason, right? I mean, what else is there to say to it? We made the best of the situation and it led us to here. I'm grateful for it. How close were y'all? And listen, tell me to shut up because this is not my show, okay? <laughs> no, it uh, is your show. It's yeah, not my th- show. But th- today is your show, Jeff. Yeah, that's right. It's but I'm, just, I'm curious to know how <laughs> close were you guys prior to this shooting? Um, so basically we would uh, definitely, you know, it sounds like I'm talking about like a, like a wedding speech for the day we get married <laughs> because really what it is is we were, I mean, the truth of the matter is, uh, there's, a, I don't, I don't know how to say this. There was a bit of a, of a thing between beach patrol and the road and mm-hmm. I was on beach patrol and there's just not much connection there. Um, just because of the, basically the jurisdiction, right? Like, um, I would cross over as much as I can willy nilly and help out the guys on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a different job for the most part. And so that kept me separated from a lot of guys. Um, Needless to say, though, that didn't stop anybody from showing up that night. Uh, before things got real bad, there was how many five, five or six five. of us already. Right. Um, and I was like, wow, 
everybody wants to come to the hotel tonight. <laughs> and, uh, but so we would talk once in a while and specifically that night, particularly that night, we, right before it happened, we were together in a target parking lot for an hour helping someone about stolen money. And, right. um, just cause I went up that way and I, there was something about it that made me want to go up there, but we've definitely developed a lot more of a bond since then. Uh, because if you could trust someone in that situation, um, we could definitely trust each other to have a conversation right. at the dinner table. <laughs> I mean, I feel honored to be a part of it really. I mean, I'm, I'm so thankful and humbled. I don't even know what to say. Listen to you guys talk about me and I hear these things. It's like, wow. Surely they got me mixed up with the guy down at the, the McDonald's store or something. I don't know. It's not me, but right. I'm grateful. Golly. Well, I got, a, I get, I don't, I kind of went down and made a list of some things that I wanted to kind of interact with you about. And so I'm going to ask you a few of those questions. Let's do it. Okay. While I talked for 30 minutes no, into good. the podcast. Sorry about that. The podcast goes as long as it, as it wants to. Oh, there's, that's true. There's no time limit. Well, I felt like that I would be saying some things yeah. on this podcast that I would have never say on my show. Right. It's a little scripted, you know, being on the radio. Mm -hmm. People know me from social media, but mm -hmm. that's because I put it out there. So right. there you go. Right. Yeah. We've talked about that particularly. We don't, we just kind of go with it here. If there's, you know, depending on who we have sitting at the table with us, we have certain things that we want to ask them geared to what they've seen. But other than that, we, are on our own time here. Are you able to take phone calls? Like yeah. somebody could actually call in? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, this is, and I'm just throwing this out there because <laughs> I was just thinking about this because I know somebody that is very big on, they, this person uh, loves public safety, police and fire, but is but is so good with the mental health aspect of it mm -hmm. because she is a public figure. She is a national celebrity, but I see her, I look up to her because she's not afraid to talk about mental health and it's ginger Z who is the chief meteorologist for ABC news. Mm -hmm. And I was just thinking today how cool it will be if she would call in and talk to you guys a little bit about mental health, because especially when you're in the limelight, when people look at you, just like cops, just like firemen, just like veterans, people see you different. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I, I just, that just struck me today because she told me one day she loves doing this stuff. So mm -hmm. anyway, there you go. Yeah, we, uh, we can go, Take any phone call from anyone yeah. and it'll come right into here and you'll hear it in your headphones. Dude, that's awesome, man. I love this. I want to do this again. <laughs> well, you're definitely going to be a, a frequent guest. If okay, we, cool. If we Episode three, Jeff Benton right. again. <laughs> Epico Jeff four, Benton Jeff two. two. <laughs> that's funny. Actually, I'll be talking so much. You guys, you guys will be like, hey, let's, let's just don't even call him for a while. He took up the whole, whole podcast. <laughs> You know, if we don't do that though, uh, Billy will tell you <laughs> how many, how many edits of ums were there, uh, when, when there's a lot of that's 96 in the first one. So <laughs> Billy said, um, 96 times. I did. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's human nature. Those were just the ones that get cut out. Oh, the ones that were on it. Let's, were, was let's, another do, a, let's do a few right now. Um, <laughs> um, oh wait, nobody will ever hear it because it'd be cut out. That's Harmony right. pitch perfect. Really? Um, <laughs> episode four. Um, um <laughs> Ask away, Billy. Okay. So one thing that I'm not fully certain on when I bet, I don't think I've even asked you before is who inspires or influences you. And you were talking about one person, um, one of those people, two of those people that, man, no matter what, you trust implicitly everything that they say about. Are we talking about like currently or are we talking about through our life? Through your life, uh, even currently. And anything like anyone that inspires, maybe help, helped you get to a certain situation um, in your life or that someone that you look up to 
like I can. I can look up to your yeah. to you and and other uh, other people in my life that that just their character helps kind of develop decisions that you make. You know, I had to, I do have some people in my professional career that were um, past bosses that, and I don't want to get too specific on that because uh, you know I haven't I haven't talked I haven't talked to them about it. But I will tell you that my grandparents were the greatest people I ever knew. Mm. I lost them uh, a long time ago, but my both sets of my grandparents were the greatest people. And again, it goes back, they, they lived different lives. My mom's parents were very poor. My dad's parents were very wealthy, but that love that they gave me, you know, was, was equally the same. And my grandfather, Hubert, uh, his name was Hubert Richardson, and uh, he was a World War I veteran. And he, he retired with a Georgia Pacific company where the Georgia Pacific is wood building and, you know, all that kind of stuff. He, uh, he cut off most of his fingers, uh, you know, through his lifetime cutting wood. That guy, right? Hard worker, just a great guy. He had the biggest heart of anybody that I'd ever met in my entire life. And I feel like that uh, I have a lot of him instilled in me. So his brother um, has also passed away, but his brother's son, which is my cousin, is the manager of Goldfinch Funeral Home over in Conway. Wow. Eddie Richardson. And when I see Eddie, and knowing he's my second cousin, I see my grandpa through him. Wow. Yeah, and I miss him. I miss my grandpa a lot. Yeah. I love that man. And my my grandmother, my grandma and granddaddy Benton, I love them so much. Um, They they were always so kind. It didn't matter what you did wrong. They loved you. You know, and and on my grandma Benton, granddaddy Benton's side, you know, they had... They had a little money. Now, granddaddy was very tight with it. Grandmama would uh, easily give it to her granddad <laughs> or her grandkids. And every time she did, she would say, don't, don't tell your granddaddy about this. <laughs> well, y'all got a bunch of it. What, That's right. You know, but would love you through anything. So mm-hmm. I have to say, man, my grandparents, and I'll say even in my wife's life too, mm-hmm. um, because we're, we're one unit, you know, we, through the, through the hardest times we've, we've made it. We've been able to overcome those. And my wife can tell you the same thing, that the greatest two people in her life were her grandmother and her grandfather. Her grand, her granddad was like her dad. Her mama was like her mother. And they treated us, man, just loving, unconditional. Whether you're poor or rich, didn't matter. They were just there for us. And um, we sit back so much and miss them. Wish they were here. And I, you know, I made a post on Father's Day the other day. My dad... No, my dad's not here anymore. I'm 52 years old. At the age of 52, my dad came down with Alzheimer's disease. And at 56, my dad died. So I watched him die for four years, not knowing my name, not knowing who I was, um, not to the at the end being able to even eat. And ultimately, that's why my dad passed, because he forgot how to eat. Um, I'd never seen my dad shared, shed a tear in his life. I was out of town on vacation, got a call to come to the nursing home. Hey, your dad won't eat. We left vacation. We were in Cherokee, North Carolina, came back. Never seen my dad shed a tear in my life. My dad um, was a lot like me, chasing a dollar too much, not spending enough time at home. I said, Daddy, are you hungry? Why won't you eat? And they put some applesauce on a, on a sponge that normally they would clean their mouths out, and they put some applesauce on there. Daddy didn't have a that sucking instinct anymore. He wasn't even, he was starving. He had not eaten in four or five days. And I said, Daddy, are you hungry? And the biggest tears you ever saw come out of a man's eyes came out of his eyes that day. I'd never seen that man ever cry. 
But I knew that I knew that what was inside of his heart was that same heart that came from my grandparents. Even though my dad was a little tougher on the outside and chased the dollar more than he did his family. Man, I knew at that time I wish I'd spent some more time with him. I wish he'd have known his grandchildren a little better, you know? And so I made that post the other day about my dad. And then all of a sudden people were saying, hundreds of people, oh my God, you look like him. And as I sat there and read those comments, I said, in a certain way, I'm acting like him and I don't need to do this anymore. I'm chasing a dollar, guys. I mean, I'm in a great position with iHeart, um, with doing weddings and marrying people, playing Santa Claus, being the Easter Bunny, all that good stuff. But what's that going to get me in the end? My, you know, your family, your family wants you home sometimes, and I've been thinking heavily about that. But, mm-hmm. but uh, man, I'll tell you, my grandparents, I felt like before I was even breathing on this earth, helped help make me you know, who I am. And I'm thankful. Right. That's yeah. awesome. True story. Yeah. Wow. There you go. That's a story. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, that's what this is about. Learning no, about people. Some absolutely. of my friends would be listening right now and be <clears throat> like, man, you know, all, all they see is me taking selfies with stingrays out of Ripley's aquarium <laughs> or, uh, or whatever. Or all the pictures on CCMF. Oh, pictures the, on stage at CCMF. Right. And, and listen, there are people that say, man, I saw you up there introducing Lainey Wilson. I saw you up there with mm-hmm. Keith Urban or whatever. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I, I, what I want people to know is how thankful I am. And that's why I post it. People will say I'm bragging or I'm conceited. Am I conceited at all? Do you, you, you guys I know mean, me. You don't have a conceited bone in your body. But I know how. You'd never. You'd I see never how it looks. Me, Right. There's, there's always about optics. Yeah, I guess. There's always the optics, but I mean, ultimately, the change the change that you're making in people's lives, the ones that that understand the difference, that some of, some of that you have to place as a character because you're that's your profession in radio. You have to step up on the on the stage and, and do those kind of things. But when you get on the other side of the curtain, it's stories like watching your dad for four years, those kind of things that nobody know. I mean, until today, most people are, are never going to know that. No, and because they're going to hear it today and be like, wow, he's just like us. Right. I turned 52 in April and I literally told the sheriff that, um, Hey, you know, I'm just thinking it's like, I'm 52 today. My dad was in a nursing home at 52. Mm -hmm. And here I am still out here kicking, Mm -hmm. still doing things. On the other hand, still taking things for granted. The fact that my family is at my house waiting on me, I take that for granted. I think it's easy to do sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know, just little things. I get angry because we're out of sweet tea. My goodness, my dad went four years without it. And I watched him die four long years of wearing a uniform going to his uh, going to check on him at the nursing home daily and him to not even call me by name tough makes mm-hmm. you think about life yeah yeah man and when you i guess the question with that is when you're when you're thinking about that things that you're you're talking about today taking for granted kind of walking walking that i mean what does that look like 
one of the questions that I had on here, it was kind of one of the last questions, but I'm going to ask it now. Mm-hmm. What is it? What is it like to be Jeff Benton when you're by yourself, when you're all alone, there's no distractions. There's just you and your mind mm-hmm. with the career that you've had in law enforcement with all of the traumas, the tragedies all, and, and the accomplishments and the great things that have happened. Uh, same thing with the radio. Uh, who is Jeff Benton when he's by himself and there's no one there to to pump, talk to pump him about? Pump me up or to exactly. tell you, you know, that's a hard question. How do you get your affirmation from Jeff Benton? That's that's the great the great question. Biggest, It's the biggest struggle in my life. Um, I don't see, just like we said earlier, I mean, it's difficult to see you through it's difficult to see me through your eyes and i struggle when i'm alone and by myself about why does why does billy think that i am so great because i don't feel that way i don't feel that great. my family will even tell you that sometimes i'm i mean i'm a fairly quiet guy at home and i would be just fine if a lot of times if nobody didn't even speak to me and that's not a good thing to say but i find it i'm in my head you know i'm, I'm in a game or i'm on that that stupid phone mm-hmm you know, want to get that last post up or to, um, you know, scroll some more on Facebook. And, um, you know, I have friends that that, have, that would tell me that I, I wish that you would see in yourself what everybody else sees. I mean, that's hard to, but how do you do that? How do you, how do you, how do you do that? Because I focus too much on what I say wrong or who I've upset or made mad in my life because I'm telling you, I know that, look, we've all done wrong by people. We've all made people mad. We've all struggled with arguments or whatever. I may have made 40 million people happy, but them 10 that I that don't like me hurts me every single day. Yeah. You know, somebody unlikes me on Facebook or blocks me, which, you know, whatever. I mean, I'll think about that more mm-hmm. than anything in the world than, than I will on who I helped out on 501, and that's, I don't, I just don't understand it. It's something in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that takes away from my home life, takes away from my happiness, and um, it's, uh, it's not easy. I mean, you, you look at, I ain't, I'm just a local guy, but you can imagine, I mean, what was Robin Williams going through? That guy, everybody, didn't everybody love Robin Williams? Absolutely. I didn't, talking about Facebook, I posted a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he was talking about, he was making a statement about, man, it's, when it's just you, it's just you. That's all you've got. You mm-hmm. and a loving God. The rest of it doesn't matter. He was talking about all that. And I'm just thinking to myself, he's, how is he not hearing his own voice before he committed suicide? Mm-hmm. How, is, how is he not hearing his own voice telling him that he's worth something? You know, uh, you know, I don't know. It's it, it goes back to what we said about us being normal folks, but having bad thoughts, thinking bad things. And I think it's um, it's human nature, but I'm certainly um, I'm certainly no different than anybody else. But I am that percentage of person that's going to listen to this podcast. That's probably going to say, I'm not going to say anything. They think I'm great. These guys think I'm right. the greatest thing since sliced bread. Why am I going to tell them I had a bad day? Why am I going to reach out? So I challenge the folks that are listening. Um, I'm going to do better at practicing what I preach 
So if you're in a spot right now where you think, I'm not going to say something. I, they, people think I'm great. Yeah, you, people know you're great. But I'm learning little by little. And this podcast is going to help me to speak up. Because that person that's got his ears wide open might be the person I talk to next that may very well save my life or your life or anybody else's life. And they may very well be listening right now. We don't know. So the follow-up question to who is Jeff when he's by himself is if Jeff is someone that's looking at the reflection and not liking what he sees, is Jeff going to reach out? This is what we're we're advocating for people to do. Yeah. This is the burden and the desire of my heart with day one, week one, is to be the catalyst so somebody will reach out. Is Jeff Benton going to reach out on that day? You know, it'd be easy for me to, to sit here and say yes, that's because that's what everybody's going to say. Of course, because everybody's listening. I will say this, that uh, Jeff's going to do better. Jeff's going to do better because... Um, Sometimes Jeff doesn't practice what he preaches. Hard thing to say about yourself. Yeah. Um, but man, has there been some low times in life. And I've been in law enforcement, guys, 26 years. I know all the right things to say. I can fool anybody. Mm-hmm. Right? We take, we take patients to the ER. A lot of folks fool them all the time. Yeah. Right? We, we were experts in that. But I do need to do, and, and you, could, you could get my wife, Wendy, on the phone right now, and she will tell you. I, I don't talk about anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I try to be, I try to cover that up with a joke. Um, I, one of the worst things, and when I tell people this, they don't understand that about me because, you know, I talk to thousands of people a day, but one of the worst things that I do, because, but this, this is very comfortable to me. Obviously, I, I'm talking into microphones, I love it. But small talk with people, I'm terrible with. Um, I've mentioned that to people before because as I as I took a promotion in February, you know, that took me off the road into an office environment, into the command staff, into administrative. And, uh, you know, I've never been real big on being in the, the boss's office, although I love him <laughs> so much. I mean, I love that dude. I mean, our parents went to school together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, I'm not the guy that... Now, I need to be now. I'm in a little different position, but... You know, if I tell somebody I'm not good at small talk, they just do not believe it. And it's true. It is 100% true. I'm, I'm, I have a very low self-esteem. All right. Um, and I always have. I've always been a big guy. I've lived my whole life that people call me, yo, big guy, what's up? Man, you look like you dropped three pounds. Well, I'm still 290, okay? Uh, but but you know what I mean? It's just, I do. It, it gets to you. You know, I'm a double X guy. I'm not a medium guy. All right. And... Uh, so self-conscious to me is tough. And in 1990, I was to, to, you know, to add on to that, I was in a terrible car accident. And my girlfriend at the time was driving the car and she fell asleep driving and I, and I was asleep in the passenger seat and the car hit the guardrail head on. And my head was, you, you guys can't see it much. But anyway, I got 600 stitches here. It opened me up. You can see it in my mustache. You can see I had cosmetic surgery here. I have to put makeup on my eyebrow every single day to cover it because I don't have an eyebrow there. <laughs> that didn't do very good for self-esteem. Right. And I live with it. I'm telling you, even at that country music concert down there, there was a lady down there who does tattoos over where you don't have hair. 
because if I mean I could you guys like right here I don't have hair there because I have a scar there mm -hmm. she said I can fix that for you permanently right you know how much that would do for my self-esteem and then I I struggle with it so uh, I've made a big adjustment since February to to try to do better on the small talk and uh but I but Jeff needs to practice more about more of what he preaches that's terrible that's hard to say but it's true mm-hmm I'm just, I'm just taking it in at this point. It's, it's a lot. I mean, it's. Uh, I feel like I'm sitting in a room with somebody who's had. I mean, you have, but age is not a, really a factor in life, right? I'm 27, and I've seen a lot that people that are 57 haven't. But it just goes to show that um, uh, I'm just being, uh, you know, surrounded by wisdom right now. I, I really am. I, I, I don't want to say I feel like I don't have a place to say anything but it's just amazing to sit here and listen to someone else's story it really is i'm like a guest at my own show and it's freaking awesome <laughs> wow yeah that that is uh that is a tremendous thing to say man that's awesome yeah and i like the the dynamic of having two generations of officer sitting at the table so that we can give both a perspective from the younger side and also from i mean I'm older than you are. You but. are the senior citizen here. I was going to say that. <laughs> Middle-aged guy, youngin over here. That's right. right. Yeah. So You got a whole list of questions there. I My do. goodness, We're, Billy. Yeah. I'm trying to prepare. I want to be good at this. You know, I, I, I've got to tell you this. I'm going to let you answer the question. He sent me some some stuff, right? He said, I didn't answer him on purpose. He, he didn't. I, I, I purpose. I was I was going to tell you this. Yeah. I mean, he did. Okay. He was asking me, you know. You know, what not to talk about? Is there a code word? I'm like, I, I didn't even, I wasn't going to answer that. Pineapple. Yeah, pineapple. Abort. Pineapple. Abort. <laughs> you know, but I knew it was going to be videoed. Right. I wasn't going to answer him because, well, I'd like to let him sweat a little bit. Yeah, sure but look, well, we're on a podcast when you expect me to be open. Do you want me to come on here and lie? I don't want you to lie, but I also want you to be, um, I want you to be comfortable. I don't want to put you in a, in a, in a spot, you know, like, a spotlight situation where you're like, okay, and then you take the headphones off and you walk out of the room. Pineapple, that's, pineapple, pineapple. Exactly. Uh, but, but, you know, and that's why I even told you right. earlier, you asked me about an influence. There is somebody yeah. I can mention. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to put anybody on the spot right now because, mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't know if they're going to hear it and they mm -hmm. may not feel the same way as I do. I don't know. But, um, but, but listen, man, I'm, I'm, I'm open for you. Mm -hmm. I mean, if it helps somebody, right. You know, that's what we're here for. Right. Day one, week one. Day one, week one. Yeah, baby. 100%. Bring it. I love it. Um, so I put in put in this one, and I thought it was pretty pretty funny. So you still got game, right? You're a young guy. Young well, compared to- Got game. I 52, we don't, we don't use that term, but uh, we watch Jeopardy at 7.30 <laughs> p.m. and go to bed pretty much. Uh, so considering the age that you are right now, the whole- point behind that is what what do you see in the next five years professionally and personally what does that look like for you what, or at least what are the goals yeah. involved in that you know the lord blessed me with a leadership leadership position in law enforcement of which i had given up on you know and so just let me be open about that and and well they, they're probably gonna hear it i guess but nevertheless um i was ready to retire my 25 years was last year and I was very truthful with Billy. Billy mm -hmm. was one of my confidant people because I think in, in law enforcement and probably in life, can you count on one hand the folks that you can truly trust with your feelings? Probably maybe not on three fingers. 
I was ready to retire. I felt like that I would, you know, Sergeant was as high as I'll ever get. Maybe that's as good as I am. And you're talking about having down days. I was down on myself because I've been a sergeant for a very, very long time. I was sergeant with another agency, came over to a new agency in 2006, uh, been sergeant a long time. So I felt like that's where I was going to, I was going to end up. But as I, you know, have one of those pity parties for Jeff, as I do many times, and, and my wife will tell you, you know, I got turned down for promotion four times. She can remember all four, all, all of those days and me curling up, my, up in my bed and crying because I was so upset that I didn't get it. Some of those knowing that I wasn't the most qualified person for that position, but I felt sorry for me. Uh, but I also realized, too, that I had cut a lot of people off in my life thinking that way, including people that I worked with, including command staff, including family, too, who are, who, who are the backbone of your support. Mm-hmm. So here I am pointing the finger at somebody else with all four of them fingers pointing back at me. And so, you know, I thought I was, like I said, I thought I was going to retire. And then all of a sudden, my lieutenant who'd been there for 40 years announced that, you know, that in the next six months that he was going to retire. And I'm like, he is my lieutenant of that division I'm in. Who knows that position any better? It it put a fire inside of me (laughs) for me to learn more, to be better, to do better, and to learn from this man who, who is not only my supervisor, but my, one of my dear friends. And so I went to him and asked him to show me everything he knew. Now, other candidates had that same chance, but I had it a little easier because I was in the division. And when it got time for that interview date back in January, end of January, 1st of February, I put on that suit and tie and went in there and knew nobody would beat me because um, I knew the job. And, this, you know, when I got that promotion, man, what a glorious day. But what a better day because, like, I had went home three or four times prior and told my family that I wasn't good enough for it. And um, that was rough to tell your family you didn't get it. Um, what a, man, what a glorious day for that ride home when I was able to let my family know that I got it this time, baby. Mm-hmm. I got promoted this time. Mm-hmm. I lost it four other times and I was ready to give up. And that is a true story, man. I was like, I just sat in my outside in my patrol car after that had happened and just took it in because it's like, I, I thought I was just, I was done, man. I was, uh, you know, I, I couldn't have done anything to get promoted. So being part of the command staff was a big goal for me. Working in a small agency, uh, not a lot, not very much higher you can go. But, um, you know, I'd like to, I'd hope to like to say they'd keep me around a few more years and. Um, you know, my radio career is uh, just past 34 years. I started on radio on June the 5th of 1989, working in a gospel radio station where we played cassette tapes. <laughs> yeah. And I had, you to, know what those are, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, he doesn't even know. <laughs> Hold on. I'm going to pull up Google. One second. <laughs> <laughs> Google, right. Yeah. Right. Did you have CDs when you're coming up? To, I don't know. <laughs> those are the circle ones, right? The circle ones, Right. <laughs> I'm Shiny. Not gonna, I, I thought they were like reflector things. Like I thought that's <laughs> what mirrors were. Rearview mirror. I'm not even going to ask him about eight tracks. Oh Billy. my goodness! You know, but uh, yeah. So uh, you know, uh, that's how I got started in radio. Um, <laughs> and so here it is, thirty June the fifth, two thousand twenty three. It's thirty four years that that listeners have allowed me, and they allow you to do this because if your ratings are no good, 
you know, Liz, we we might bomb on the podcast here and have three listeners, but let's face it, it ain't going anywhere. <laughs> but radio, you're out the door, well, Jack. Right. <laughs> you're, right. you're gone, and and you know the ratings are so good through through that. So mm-hmm. you know, I have local endorsements with local companies that trust me to sell cars. They trust me to have people come to their house and exterminate their bugs. <laughs> They th- they Do you have- actually go and exterminate bugs? No, but oh. uh, no, but the, the company does, and like okay. people will tell them. Like, uh, I mean, I have a funeral home right down the street here that people will go to and say, "Hey, I hear Jeff talking about you guys on the radio, ice cream shops." I mean, you guys are right. local. You hear it. Yep. I mean, and some. And a matter of fact, I just got a paycheck for that yesterday, and I'm like, uh. "Holy cow! This is somebody <laughs> else's hard-earned money, right? That believes in me enough to let me sell cars for them, right?" On the radio, 60 seconds a day. So I'm blessed with that. And I hope they, I hope that iHeart, and we're on the iHeart radio app doing this. And yep. I hope that the the ties out in San Antonio are listening and allow me to hang on a little while longer. <laughs> you great. know, at home, uh, you know, my wife, uh, she's put up with my nonsense for a long, long time. And uh, chasing that dollar, not being the best husband, being gone, moody, all of that. And guess where she is? Still still right there. Mm-hmm. Still right there, man. Yeah, well, as I get older, I think about a lot, a lot more. She, she, you know, what did I do to even deserve it? Jessica's 28, almost 29 years old. Dakota's 24. They still like hanging out with dad. So uh, we're going to grow old together, man. Mm-hmm. We're going to grow old together at home. You know, I didn't see that growing up. I wasn't, and I don't want to get on past your questions, but no. I, my dad was married four times. My dad showed me exactly how not to do it. I mean, I'm on this is my second marriage. You know that? I did not. No, surprise. Mm-hmm. Was married uh, was married for about six months or a year back in 1990 or so. Mm-hmm. Met a girl from the radio station. Thought I was in love. Right. You know, it didn't last long. Hadn't seen her since. You know, so yeah, I've been married married before. So as long as Wendy don't. Uh, you know, kick me out to the curb. <laughs> but, you know, she, and we're totally opposite. I mean, you know, she'll never hear this uh, podcast. She's probably sleeping. <laughs> she ain't, she, she's always I asked asleep. Him, I, I actually asked him. I don't mean to No, interrupt. go ahead. I asked him, I said, hey, you know, Miss Wendy's event, you know, obviously she's welcome. And he says, yeah, she doesn't, we, we talked about doing this at two o'clock. He said, she won't be up until past three. So <laughs> she was sound asleep when I left. I swear <laughs> upon God's green earth. She was, uh, I went That's in to so tell good. her goodbye. I was, uh, she was asleep, <laughs> but she is not unsupportive of anything I do. She, she supports it. You know, um, I, I thank God for forgiveness because she's forgiven me too many times, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, gosh, I'm, I'm glad I'm at a different age now. And, you know, Jessica's 28 with a bachelor's degree in biology. I couldn't even spell that word, barely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been in school. <laughs> and when that, when, uh, you know, having my dad gone and he left us, a, you know, a little something when he left and we invested that in my, in my daughter, Jessica. And when I saw her walk across that stage at Coastal mm. Carolina University, right. I was thinking that even in death, my dad's still providing. Yep. It was so emotional. So I hope that they'll, uh, I, we'll, we're going to, we're going to continue to go on a lot of vacations. Mm-hmm. That's what we work extra for because if you lay on the couch all day, y'all know who my, how much that pays. Mm-hmm. Zero. Zero. Right. So we we work extra to to go on vacation to do nice things for our kids. Like Billy said in the beginning, right? You got to get off that couch. Got to <laughs> pay the rent. Got to get that's off right. that couch. That's right. But that's kind of how I see. I mean, I want to mm-hmm. continue radio. I don't. You know, 
I'm, I got little health things popping up and I have been very open about my throat issues, mm-hmm. um, which affects my voice and talking, uh, which affects me big time in eating. And I think that's why I can't lose weight is because I won't eat around people because of this throat issue that we're still working on. Um, then I get home and I'm starving and I'm just pounding it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. then again, who do I got to impress anymore? I mean, my wife's still with me. So, you know, um, I don't know how long I'll be policing. There's a younger generation in there that are more tactical than me. Um, probably got a lot better eyes. I, they're looking at me like I'm the old guy now, right? <laughs> well, we, we actually discussed that a little bit when I talked about at 54 trying out for the SWAT team mm-hmm. and missing it by 36 seconds. And I was actually pretty impressed that yeah. I missed it by 36 seconds and not three minutes and six seconds. So, yeah. Um, were, were there younger guys that had worse times than you? No, I had the worst time. Oh, well, I didn't mean to go there then. <laughs> I had pineapple, legit- pineapple, pineapple. Yeah. If we can edit this out, please. I, I definitely had the worst. No. Yeah. I definitely had the worst, the worst time, but everyone else was in Nick's age, you know, 25, yeah. 26, stuff like that. But you didn't so, give up. You went up there and did it. And didn't I went up there and, and gave it a shot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I look up to you, man. I know, I know you don't believe that, but, uh, you don't, are you, you're like me. You don't, why, why, why? But I'm, and I tell people when they talk about, talk about Billy that like he'll, he prays for everybody, not just because he wants some, wants the attention because he, he really means it. So you are very, very loved, man. I'm telling you. I, uh, there was one situation with another agency that there was a guy cussing me so bad in the backseat and I just started praying out loud and I asked, I called my corporal afterwards and I said, I'm not going to get in trouble for praying on the, on the body cam. Am I? He's like, Billy, don't you worry about it. Just, yeah. just do, do what you do, man. It's unfortunate <laughs> that, we, that we live in a world that we right. even have to think that, right. but it's true. I mean, you gotta, you know, there's <clears throat> different beliefs out there. I will say maybe next time I encounter that and I start talking back, I'll just tell my corporal I was praying. And exactly. Because yeah, my praying probably sounds a lot different in that situation. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it does. Or I'll yeah. just hold my hands together and go, pineapple, pineapple, pineapple. Exactly. I love that. <laughs> yeah, this is a great podcast here. Do, 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 uh, that's do, do. right. All we heard was beeps. That's so funny. Yeah, you need to get that. And like, so when you're talking to your supervisor, you can just keep banging it. Beep, 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 beep. Yeah, what was that? <laughs> Yeah, it's like, yeah, exactly. That, that would be hilarious. Wow. Billy's turned to page two of the questions. I, over well, here, I see. I, I've kind of flipped it over here. I just want to. Two of nine. <laughs> two, two of nine. Typewritten, <laughs> not handwritten. Must be another old thing. What's a typewriter? <laughs> yeah. Kind of, You've never seen one of those, have That's you? Right. Ding. Right, Does that exactly. have to do with the cassette they work together? Or <laughs> two? No. It could be. Only if you're dictating. Yeah. From the doctor's office. Something. That's funny. It's the old version of Siri. It is. It is. These young, these young whippersnappers. <laughs> it's hard to, uh, I guess I'm looking for the transition back into yeah. what I was talking about. Yeah, you know. Having, is, this is fun. And this is a lot of fun. Mick, Nick was talking about it before about, you know, who wants to just sit and talk on a bunch of microphones and stuff like this. But I've le- legitimately, I've been counting the days down before you got here. I'm like, I cannot believe this is going on. Wow, man. That's so I'm awesome. so excited. Nick, I know Nick's is just as excited. Just the opportunity to have a voice or to bring something to somebody. Um, he sent me a text earlier and it, and it just hit me in the heart. He said, Billy, we're going to save lives. Yeah. We're going to save lives with this because we have a burden for it. And if I don't know if I'm going to save somebody's life. I mean, 
I feel like when I arrest somebody for DUI that I've saved somebody's life, mm-hmm. hopefully. Either that driver or somebody else. But we'll never know the impact. Your stories, our experiences, we'll never know the impact that we're going to relay to someone. They're going to be like, man, that's crazy. I need to, I need to do, like you're saying, I need to do better. Yeah. I don't mean to give Facebook all this attention, but there's a group, Suicide Awareness, on Facebook. And every once in a while, I see a post come across, and it says, I'm just done. I just can't do this life anymore. And I saw it yesterday, and it hit me different. So I just said, but what about tomorrow? What about tomorrow? What are you going to do if the person that needed, you don't even know, but the person that needed you tomorrow is missing out because you chose that today. What are you going to do about that? And I said it before, I'm the guy. I'm afraid of missing out on tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I don't want to miss out. God is so awesome and so great and blessed my life so incredibly. I don't want to miss out what he's got for me tomorrow. So that's, that's where it all really ties into. But I've found myself sitting on the couch just saying, I'm done with this. I've said it out loud. And my wife will be like, oh, go ahead and do that. You do that to your children. Oh, yeah, go ahead and put us through that. You know, I would say things out of just frustration or anger. Um, I'm tired of this life or whatever. Not meaning nothing, but now words are meaningful, especially in our profession, right? You know, because you want to take somebody and get them some treatment, they got to be a threat to themselves or others. You can't just go pick somebody up. But if you're threatening it out loud, that's a different game, right? But I've said that a few times, and my wife just flat out tell you, you know, right, right there. Why are you going to do? Why would you even say that? And not even realize that's why I know that human beings think the craziest of things. There are people out there right now might be thinking it. I mean, we don't know that. We don't know that. Um, they don't. They don't know where to turn. There's phone numbers they can call. There's friends you can call. There's cops that will come to your house and listen. You know, we get a bad. We get a bad rap because um, people accuse us of, of being racist, of of being partial, or being you know not being fair, picking on others. When it boils down to it, 99.9 percent of the people that are out there wearing badges and protecting. You know, the public are great people. You know, we got veterans out there that saw more death than we ever want to see in, in our whole lives that need help. We have veterans out here in our community and across this world that are living homeless. Why in the United States of America can we have somebody that can go fight in a war and sleep on the street? It makes no sense. But we can send $900 million elsewhere. When I can go right up here to food line right down the street, and there's a guy standing there who's a veteran, and he's there every single day, and he was there today when I came here. I've been by there twice today. That mm-hmm. dude's there. Yeah. Who's that dude got to talk to? Right. Everybody else talks about him when they ride by thinking, what a bum. He won't work. He's a loser. I don't know where that dude came from. Or all he's got to do is get a job. Get a job. Food line's hiring right now. Home Depot, high right? <laughs> well, I tell I like to tell rookie cops because, you know, downtown there's a big homeless population in a certain part of town. And everybody, you know, cops fall in the same, the, the, you know, the same as the public. We get a little complacent. You know, you can you can think that guy or that lady's bum is won't work or whatever. But the bottom line is, they may have 
lost a spouse in another state and then lost their job and then got evicted. It could be to no fault of their own that they are now here and homeless. So you can't just say somebody's a bum. Somebody's homeless. You know, somebody won't work. They're lazy. How you going to know? Do you stop and give them an ear? Right? And uh, I know it's not feasible all the time, but uh, I try to, I, I sure try to think that and teach that. But uh, if one person's listening now, man, they got to reach out. And we can reach out to them. I will add that, you know, any in the couple of times that I've been training somebody in this in this line of work, they say, hop in Nick's car. Let him train you. I may not be able to teach him how to be the best cop in the world, but I do tell him one thing. And I tell them that if you look at statistics, most people that become cops didn't have to deal with the cops growing up. It's hard to be the one giving answers when you don't have the experience of what it does. And so I tell them, think about the teacher. What teacher? The teacher that you had. When I say the word teacher, you think of, because everybody's got that. You are that person. You're going to go to that call, and whatever you did at that time, in five minutes, 50 minutes, an hour, it doesn't matter, whatever you did at that time, they're going to think about that tonight, tomorrow, the next day. And they don't even know who you are. But because of the uniform you were given, they're going to trust whatever you're about to say. You don't even know if your math teacher is actually good at math. (laughs) But she taught you it, right? Right, exactly. And you listened, and she graded your test, right? So it's the same thing, and that's exactly what I tell everybody, is that more often as a law enforcement officer you're going to be called to situations that the neighbor is not getting called to you're getting called to they're calling you because they need help that they can't find next door so make sure whatever you do is the right thing and i think if you stick with that it'll make a difference the difference that you want to make you know people ask people ask teachers all the time why do you do this what are you doing what are you doing listening to complaining kids all day, listening to parents who think their kids are the best one in the class. And I had a teacher tell me, one of my old teachers tell me recently that she watches my success and she sees what I do and she goes, you're the reason I'm a teacher. Think about that for a second. You're the reason I wanted to be a teacher. And think about all of us. There are people out there that see us as the reason that they respect law enforcement. You've, you've said it yourself at the opening mm-hmm. of the show mm-hmm. that I was the reason you wanted to wear a badge because the public needs to understand that that badge and back in the young whippersnappers might not remember Andy Griffith and Mayberry, <laughs> but uh, Barney Fife, <laughs> yes, Barney Fife said, and it's true today, that badge doesn't just represent me. It represents everybody that puts it on. Yep. So that less than 1% of cops that are out here doing bad things, it makes us matter in heck too. Mm-hmm. When we're the guys out there doing doing the right things. You know, I met some great people. I, I was so blessed during the Country Music Fest to meet a lot of the singers and do all that. But one of the most important guys I met was a guy who was involved in the veterans. And um, he gave me a T-shirt. I should have wore it today. It was a red, <laughs> it, it, but it was, it was make 22-0 again. Yeah. 22 veterans a day commit suicide. Mm-hmm. And they want to make, make that zero again. And he had a songwriter with him. I have to let you guys hear it. Wrote a song that in Nashville about make twenty two zero again, and I uh, wish it would be a. When I heard it, they brought it on bus and let me hear it. I'm like, man, Craig Morgan would be the guy to sing that song. 
Oh, you're a big Craig Morgan fan. That's right. Uh, dude, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'll, I'll send this song over so you can hear. But why, why, wow. did, why do those 22 veterans yeah. a day feel like they have nobody? Dude, I'll almost put out my cell phone number here and call me because, yeah. like, same here. Really? I can't, I can't imagine. Right. Dude, you saw, you saw people in Vietnam dying by the thousands. Yeah. We have men and women in, in, that are living in, in fear and in harm's way right now. And we're in a beautiful studio here <laughs> enjoying life when these people are going to come home with some of them with no support system. Right. So I know that through this podcast and through this, um, through your website and through all this, as the years grow, man, so many people are going to be blessed by it. They are going to know who to call. They are going to know who's going to, and you're going to be financially able to help. Get them right. some counseling or whatever. Right. It's going to be fantastic. Well, the next step from the podcast, the next step is getting the, um, getting the tax ID mm-hmm. so that we can, so that people can donate to a nonprofit um, so that we can support and be a part of that not just financial, but being able to go other places and, and do those things for the veterans and the, and the first responders all over the country. It's, it's interesting, the last couple of weeks, it, I was talking to a friend of mine, a, a coworker, and we were sitting, you know how cops do, they sit at the, oh, yeah. the window to window. Well, we're sitting there and I've, I'm kind of going through some Instagram posts and things, and, and I followed this one Instagram post, it's Sheriff Deputies. Oh yeah. And, uh, Scott, that's our friend, Scott Keen. Great guy. Okay. Yep. One of the post, well, in the last three weeks, there's been officers all over the country, a couple in Pennsylvania that were shot. One was killed. Another New York state trooper that was shot. He's, I guess he's, uh, doing, he's doing okay, but he was, he was shot on a traffic stop. Uh, It just seems like it's starting to pick up again. Like it's that time of the year. It's almost like it's, it reaches a height and then it kind of simmers down for a little bit and then it kind of reaches another height again. Um, and it now seems to kind of be the upswing in this where officers are in more danger than they've, than they've ever been. And it's kind of swinging back up. And, um, it makes you question when you do a traffic stop, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but I, I just said to my, I said to my uh, coworker, I said, man, you know, here, here we go again. You know, here we go again. Here's here's guys that are going out there trying to serve and protect. I know that's kind of a cliche kind mm-hmm. of thing nowadays. Serve and protect. Are you are you really serving? Are you really protecting? Whatever. That's that's another that's another podcast. Someone wants to get political with it, they can do that. Um, that's not my stance. I don't I don't do that part. But um, they're doing the best job that they can do, and they're still in danger of just people who hate us for no reason. So getting home every night, um, trying to take all of the, the negative that you've seen throughout the day, because you're not meeting people on their best day, taking all that negative And as I put it one time, putting it in my passenger seat so that it doesn't seep into my house is pretty important. But it's while you're in your patrol car, while you're just left that, 15 year old who committed suicide it's those thoughts when you're in between calls and you're maybe monitoring traffic or doing whatever where some of the negative stuff starts coming in some of the things that you've experienced some of the some of the 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 last guy that cussed you out because 
he ran a red light and he was mad because you caught him. Stuff like that. That you're sitting there going, is this really what I, I mean, should I even really be doing this anymore? Yeah. I mean, people, do people really care that you're doing your job when you're out there doing, doing your job? Um, but then I see inspiring stories and I see officers that are going over and above, over and above. Um, three or four of our officers went up to, uh, North Myrtle beach to a, a, a veteran that was struggling to get his landscaping done. And four or five of our guys went up there and did his whole lawn off duty. That's, I mean, that's, that's the cool stuff. Mm-hmm. That's the cool stuff. That's what makes me proud to be a part of that family. I think the good thing is our county, too, is really good with the AP, with the employee assistance. If you need to talk to somebody, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, if you're involved in a situation, I don't know you guys uh, what you've had to go through, but I'd imagine you've seen that the assistance is out there. Go talk to somebody even, you know, like, again, I'm, I need to practice more of what I preach, but mm-hmm. even, even in the past couple of weeks, there was an incident where there was a delivery truck that uh, may have been, you know, maybe or maybe, maybe not. He was driving a little too fast, but... Um, delivering packages a young a young person was jumping off with the packages helping out dad um truck made a left child fell out an officer was directly behind that truck um 15 year old girl passed away Hmm. and i reached out to to that officer because this this officer has children you know his own self Mm mm-hmm so I'm like, if you need to talk to somebody, let, let us make that happen for you because you have a you have a daughter yourself, you know. Then you had to drive dad to the hospital, you know, mm-hmm. and little girl didn't make it. Right. And so I'm like, that system is out there of which I should have took advantage of that in my life many times and never did because of that stigmatism that's out there. It's out there amongst us all. That's... <clears throat> That's the ultimate question. How do we get rid of the stigma? How does that, how do we set that aside and get the help that, that not just myself and Nick, yourself, other officers need? And it could be not necessarily something as being part of a critical incident or a shooting or anything like that. You just, you went to a, a 15 year old who committed suicide and it's just something that you cannot stop thinking about. I mean, it's, it's those things. And, and that's, that was one of my last questions is how do we get rid of the stigma? How do we set it aside so that whoever's listening can say, I'm not going to be looked at like I'm crazy or that I can't do my job or they're going to take my badge and my gun and I'm not going to be able to do what I believe I've been called to do. Well, I think that through this podcast and as, as this podcast goes on and you're going to expand your, you're going to expand. I would imagine you're going to have some people that are going to be experts on on, you know, trauma and, mm-hmm. and, and have gone through situations. And I truthfully believe that one way to cure, to cure the problem is for people to learn through past negative experiences from somebody else. You know, yeah, we don't like to share these, these things that have gone on in our life or the fact that we had to go to EEP or the mm-hmm. fact that we had to have critical incident, you know, something after a critical incident. But I think that that's how people learn. I think people learn I mean, even like making mistakes in life. Look, uh, people learn from our from our mistakes so that they don't go make the same one. Right. So you hopefully, as this as this podcast goes on and the guests that you have on and the expertise you're able to share and the, and the personal experience, 
I found through my life that personal experience is what I do best at talking about because whether good or bad, people understand it on a different level. Some people may say, oh, I ain't going to a shrink. Now they say it just like that. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's disrespectful, but that, that's what, listen, cops say it. Oh, you know, I'm, not, I'm good. I ain't going to a shrink. I ain't mm-hmm. go. Maybe you're going to a listener. That could be you, Billy. Right. That's you, Nick. That's me. Maybe we're the person. Mm-hmm. But we got to put it out there that we're available. We can't, we can't be fake. You know, we've got to show people that we're there to listen to the, I mean, I do it every day in my office. They call and they want me to, to uh, they want me to get the president on Washington right on the line and make these changes. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to listen to you, make you happy, but hopefully right. I can't do that. Right. But if I can, but if it gets it off your chest, I mean, somebody close to my family, somebody close to me literally did that to my wife last weekend and told her that she, that it was a tough time right now. She was lonely. Can you come over? Guess where my wife's at right now? Over there at her house. She was asleep when I left, but I know for a fact <laughs> she told me because I just heard this story yesterday. Right. And so she told me earlier today that we'll be over, we'll be over there. And I'm like, wow, we got to do that. Mm-hmm. We got to do that, man. I don't, man, I don't want to wake up to the news. I woke up to today and the text messaging and the, and uh, that somebody took their life. You were literally upset when I told you what happened last week. Billy. I was crying. You were crying. I, I cried. And I you don't even know who cried. it was. I don't even know him. I don't, I don't, I don't know the gentleman that killed himself last night either. And it, it just breaks my heart. Just breaks my heart. We got to keep spreading the word, keep praying yeah. for people, mm-hmm. uh, keep being, being available, being there and understand that, um, you know, even like somebody like, like me, I ain't no different than, than anybody else, but you know, I struggle too. I need somebody. People post those memes all the time. What does it say? Like, uh, better check on the person that acts like everything's going okay mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Do y'all know how many times I want to post back to that every single daggum time? Only time they call on me is when I got free concert tickets or something. That's how I feel sometimes. And that is, I, I joke about it because right. I want to hide that, but it's right. a true feeling. Mm-hmm. But I've lived through, I've lived through suicide. Yeah, you, like, you probably don't even know this, but um, do we have time? I don't even know what time it is. We got all, all the time you need. I don't even know. I don't even know how long we've been going on, but. Um, I mean, if you really want to know an hour and a half. We've been going an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Wow. See how much fun this is. No doubt. We've been yeah. on an hour and a half. There's for a real. lot. There's a lot to talk about. I'll just, I'll just tell you this real quick. And maybe you can have me back on later in the season or whenever, some, some mm-hmm. other time. But I really wanted to do this because I live with suicide in my, so my dad was married four times. My dad was an alcoholic. He thought he, he was more about being out partying, getting drunk. You know, you know, the Astro Motel, the old Astro Motel, which is a something else now. And you guys had your incident there. Right. Right. Okay. Directly beside that, there's a place that's not open anymore. It used to be called the AMVETS. It was the American Veterans Hall. My dad used to frequent there. He used to come home beat up from there a lot. He would get drunk and get in fights. As a kid, I remember that. My dad was married four times. My first, my dad's first wife was my mother. He came was coming back and forth from Vietnam. He'd been in a couple of tours in Vietnam. Anyway, I was born in 1971. My brother was born in 1970. My dad's second wife was an alcoholic. Um, just, you know, they fell in love, got married. That's, that's how it goes. My dad's uh, third wife is the lady that, that raised me through a very formidable part of my life, through middle school, through high school. 
And this, through that relationship and what I'm getting ready to tell you about, is the, is the reason that the word hate is not in my vocabulary anymore because I felt like that, um, and I don't even know why, probably because she had a stiff hand with me and she was tough on the kids. We lived in a nice house down on the beach. We were the house with the swimming pool. We had a big old metal satellite dish out in the yard. You ever seen one of those, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it looks like you're trying to reach Mars with that That's thing. right. That's uh, you know, it, from the looks, you know, we had everything. Daddy had a successful business, but, you know, his wife was tough on me. So they were, they were together 24, 25 years, but I called her mom. She was, she was my mother. She raised me. Mm-hmm. Reason why I guess I used the word hate, because she was hard. She was tough. Um, I was a young deputy sheriff in another county and I'd, I was working graveyard shift and, I, you know, one o'clock in the afternoon, if the phone rings, you wake up in a daze. Um, and I woke up in a daze to the voice of a sheriff down in the great state of Georgia. And he said, is this, uh, is this, is this Jeff? And I said, it is. I said, I'm, I'm half asleep. Is this the dispatcher? Who is this? You know, this and that. And he explained to me that he was the sheriff of this county. And he goes, did you know your mom and dad are down in Georgia? I said, well, they, yeah, I do know they were going down on a trip. They were going to, um, <clears throat> for the store, they had to go down and pick up some stuff in Florida. And he said, I, I am so sorry to tell you this. He said, but um, we're five hours away from you. And they pulled off at a rest stop to let the dog out, you know, do his business out in the woods. And they went, she went out the edge of the woods and she killed herself out in the woods. And I was like, say what? He goes, so we need you to come down here. Your dad is incapable of doing anything. <laughs> what a way to wake up. I, this woman, I mean, why? <laughs> I mean, I still think about it. But I remember the times where I thought I hated her. The sheriff at the time, who's, who's passed away now, had a deputy sheriff pick me up and drive me those five hours. That was the quickest five-hour trip to a... That was the quickest three-hour, five-hour trip <laughs> I'd ever made it to Georgia. Um, it was pitiful. My daddy was pitiful because let's face it, an incident just occurred that nobody really knowed how it had happened. So they had to do the uh, GSR on, on my dad's hands mm-hmm. and all this stuff. I said, daddy, do whatever they need you to do on the way, whatever, you, whatever you need to do. Mm-hmm. And so, but she was gone. She she shot herself in the head with no warning, no indication no, nothing. My sister at the time was in high school. She she was in class at Carolina Forest High School. It was the hardest thing I ever had to do was go to that high school and tell her that her mother had passed. This was her real mother. It was my stepmother, but my sister's real mother. My sister is a beautiful, beautiful soul. Golly, she lives right down the street here. And thank goodness she has the beauty in the family because uh, <laughs> she is a gorgeous individual. But to have to, when I walked in there with my grandmother and my aunt into that counselor's room, and when, when my sister walked in there, well, she, she, didn't, she didn't know what to say. She was, what, what is going on? Hardest thing I ever had to do in my life. Why did, you, I, we still, I, I still don't know. But as they, as they laid her to rest, and I'm going to be quiet, but as they laid her, as, as my daddy had her buried in his front yard. And as they laid her to rest and I looked at her in that casket, I said, I'll never, ever, ever say I hate anything anymore. Ever, ever. 
It's a terrible word. Hate, there's, the, the world is so full of hate right now, it's a shame. But I was hating on somebody for being hard on me and disciplining me and making me re-clean the swimming pool because I didn't do a good job or cut the grass again or not let me go to a ball game. That's the reason to hate someone. It changed from that point on, brother. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I've, I've said it many times. You'll never hear If anybody says Jeff Benton said he hated that or whatever, that's a lie because it ain't true. But they have to go down and, you know, ID, ID a body of somebody that raised you that you called mom is something I don't ever want to have to do again. So if there's anybody listening today that uh, that needs to speak to somebody, reach out to somebody, call somebody, go down to the local police station, go to the National Guard Armory where you live. There are military people there, whether you're in the military or not, they'll talk to you. It's as simple as that. People, there are people, there are great people everywhere. The Home Depot, Lowe's, they're all over the place. You don't have to sit in that house alone. So anyway, I knew you didn't know that. I was going to drop that bomb on you. And uh, y'all just have me back again one time. We'll, I'll take over again. I'll take, <laughs> take over on. for another hour and 45 right. minutes. <laughs> definitely. Uh, definitely dropping the bombs over here. Well, you I started did. the first 36 seconds of the show. It was like, wow, <laughs> you got deep on me. I did. <clears throat> but I want it to be real. Um, and I want, I, I mean, that's the big thing is that, um, I just want to express that it's an incredible honor that you've come and if you tr- you've trusted us to put you on a recording saying these things about yourself and about your life and your experiences that you would probably never tell anybody else. And it's it's incredible to me that you that you're coming to this setting to allow us to kind of if just for one person to say, "Wow, I never knew that about Jeff." Yeah. Or Man, you mean he feels just the way I do? Regular guy. Uh, first, I just want to say thank you for sharing that, yeah. for everything that you've shared. But a question for Billy is, how many people you think never got the opportunity, like we did today, to sit here with Jeff and talk to him, that have only seen him opening up CCMF or talking about awesome car deals on the radio, <laughs> that think he's had it easy? One person. I've been on one podcast like this about because I I hide behind time. Mm-hmm. I don't have time to do that, mm-hmm. <laughs> which was me lying. I did go on a podcast about bullying. Um, I went to I, I don't even remember it now. It's been so many years ago, but mm-hmm. I did open up a little bit about things. Um, nothing like you know, it's nothing like this. And mm-hmm. we'll get in a little deeper maybe as we get you know you get through get started with your season and all that. But I man. I ain't good at it. I ain't good at it. Well, I'll tell you what, you you crushed it today. Well, because um, telling the truth and uh, right. but I even said to myself coming over here. Matter of fact, I'll show it to you. But I even wrote something down that I'm afraid I'm going to go and freeze up on this mm. because I'm afraid to open up to you, Billy. You've asked me. It wasn't too terribly long ago I was having a bad day and we were texting back and forth and you're like, dude, when are we meeting for breakfast? Mm-hmm. Persistent about it, right? You know? So anyway, maybe in a way this is a healing thing for me too. We'll just get all the people in the country as a guest on the show and we'll just be making a difference. Let's do it. They'll heal them. That's what it's about. One at a time, baby. <laughs> but it'll be, it'll be nice to, it, it'll be nice that you're going to hear some success stories from this. Mm-hmm. 
You know, you're going to hear, even like in the police business, there's, there's this one guy through my career, I've arrested that dude at least 10 times, okay? I'm serious. But you know what? He does good air conditioned work, and I let him do my air conditioned work for a long time. Now, he, <laughs> I had to awesome. go, he lost his license, but I had to go pick him up a few times. <laughs> but, but see, but he still does good work. That dude did, didn't make him a bad worker. He That's had right. an alcohol problem. Yeah. I grew up with an alcoholic father, right? Yeah. It's always a, always another vice that would, that would put you over the other edge. And guess what? He got taken to the hospital one night right down the street down here. Mm-hmm. He got taken to the hospital on a, for a mental evaluation. Guess who his phone call was to? Yours truly. Guess who went up there? Yeah. Yours truly. Yeah. And I'd arrested him at least 10 times, Nick. 10 times. Count him. But you were available. Did you yeah. bring you bring handcuffs that time too? Just <laughs> no, no, he was well. He, the problem is, is alcohol is a problem. Okay, mm-hmm. I mean we can't hide behind it. Alcohol right. is a problem that people believe that are making him happy, and all the problems going away. But alcohol depresses people. We see it every day, right? I mean, I hear you guys on your radio, even though I ain't saying a whole lot. Uh, you know, I'm I'm hearing y'all calling some of these people by name before an officer even gets there. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely right. And if we could find a cure to alcoholism, mm-hmm. which alcoholism is part of what started my dad's dementia. Mm-hmm. If I had money, if I had, if I had every bit of money in the world to give away, I'd give it away to, 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 to help with um, alcoholism and, Alz- and Alzheimer's. There's two things that are, seem to be so uncontrollable mm-hmm. and uncurable. Although it's great to see people making great strides with, you know, AA and things that are doing that are, because people right. do, but they will tell you themselves that they're always an alcoholic, even though they hadn't drank in 30 years. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so man, I just thank you for the opportunity. I thank the good Lord above for instilling in me a Joe, a no, no judgment zone so that I don't judge the person standing on the corner. I don't judge the person that says, I don't want to live another day. I don't judge you as being crazy or, or mentally ill. I want to be there to help you to listen, to give you an option. Because there is a there is a there is other options and there are great people in this world and I'm sitting with two right here. So there you go. Planet Fitness is not the only judgment free zone. Exactly. <laughs> it's not. Exactly. I hope they're listening and can drop us a check for that. That's plug. right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I don't know how to do any of that stuff. So. Well, listen. You're gonna you're gonna find that as this podcast goes on, there are gonna be people that are gonna jump on board with. Hey man, let me let me help you guys spread this word. And you know, mm-hmm. you'll find that. Just right. Let me, you know, Garth Brooks didn't get a record deal the first day. Right. He had to work work toward it. So many That's people, right. many people, you just work work work. So you'll do it. Day one, week one. Day one, week one. The man that opened for CCMF and many other events in his life. That's right. Opens up for day one, week one. Definitely what? one. Definitely looking for a part two or a second. Uh, second time coming on because uh, I've enjoyed this. This has been very uplifting and uh, where eye opening as well to the point where um, just like you said, when you're looking at that guy who's like, man, he's blessed. He's got it. He's, he's on, he's on the road. Guess what? He's still struggling when he's by himself. He's still, man, should I, this, should I, that, why am I this? Why am I that? Well, I'm going to promote this and I'll, you know, I will let people know I went a little long winded. So you might have to break up the old podcast into two parts, but that's okay. That'll get them to visit the site twice. That's right. 
Right. I like it. Double or nothing. <laughs> yeah, man. You guys, uh, you guys need to pat yourself on the back. I mean, uh, getting this thing started, the state-of-the-art equipment you got here, the, the voice that you want to be heard, but your mm-hmm. willingness to help people, to save people. I mean, think about it. Think about what the world's made up of now of, of fighting, of mm-hmm. war, finger pointing, um, go on and on and on about it. All you're doing is talking about helping people. How great would the world would be if, if that's what everybody talked about? Mm-hmm. Man, it'd be awesome. We definitely want to turn it into action. As great well. job. Great job. So, but thank you. Thank you so guys. much for being here. Um, you guys know where to find Jeff. iHeartRadio. The Gator. The Gator. 107.9. That made him smile. Dude. That's right. He loves that. The Gator. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you, Jeff. I enjoyed it, guys. God bless yeah. you both. Thank you. Thank you. The Gator. <laughs>